I believe that when we get caught hesitating, we stop ourselves from moving forward for whatever reason it is. You know you struggle with anger, and yet you stay struggling with anger. You know you struggle with an addiction, and yet rather than doing something about it, you are hesitating for getting help because you don't know if the healing is going to be worse than the addiction. You know you shouldn't be scared about stupid stuff. And yet you won't memorize, repeat, listen to the word of God in a way that will free up your mind from the prison of fear and you are hesitating. But then there's a point when we have to move forward. And that's what I want to call you guys out of today. That's what I want to press you guys for today. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this. It's going to be a great day, guys. It is just going to be a fantastic, super awesome day. And I know this because of the process that it took me to sit in this chair. (laughs) So I want you to know that God selected what we're going to talk about today. And my production meeting was incredible. Like we were crying. It was like, wow, God. So it's going to be a good day. We are going to talk about those of you that are not moving forward and you know you need to, okay? Oh, it's going to be so good. I have so much to say, but uh, let me just make a couple of announcements. Number one, thank you so much for sending in all of your stories. We are getting so many things. I've got an amazing story today, guys, after the message of what God is doing in your life. We're getting them. We're reading them. Y'all are like going in, y'all are like telling us everything and God bless y'all. We love it so much. Keep them coming. Hello at autumnmiles.com. What is God doing in your life? Come on. Don't keep that miracle to yourself. Go tell the world, tell us and we'll tell the world. (laughs) I love that segment because it's like, listen, God is not just working in my life. I'm just like, y'all, God is working in y'all life too. And I want to hear about it. Number two, I don't know if that's number two or number three. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. We are taking this show on the road, okay? I want to come to your church, to your event, to your whatever, to your coffee shop, to wherever. And we want to do this thing where you are. I want to meet you, okay? So we're taking the show on the road. And if you want to hang out with me, and, you know, be my friend rather than just virtual over the airways and online. Email hello at autumnmiles.com and we can get the ball rolling in there. Amanda even said she had some stuff in there this morning about this, which I'm super excited about that. Listen, 
let's do it. I want to do a small group. I want to do whatever. Let's let's bring the show to you. I would love to have some dialogue with you guys, like sit down and ask you questions and let's talk about our faith together. How fun would that be? Come on, that would be so fun. We would have a blast. We're doing it. We're bringing the show on, on the road to you, wherever you are, wherever that is. I have been to some absolutely crazy places speaking because God said go. And I want to do it. I want to, it doesn't matter where you live, what you do, whatever. I want to be there. I remember I went to one church one time and was speaking and there was, it was awesome. It was so amazing. But afterwards I typically like sell books and do all that kind of thing and everything. And there was a group of ladies that came from the church down the street and they stopped me and they're like, why did you come to this church? And I'm like, well, they invited me. And they were like, oh, well, next time you have to come to our church. And I'm like, don't, isn't that like a mile away from your church? Anyway, I was happy to do both, but I want to come. It's going to be fun. Maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe Michael show up. Maybe some of my team will be there. Who knows who's going to be there, but we definitely want to travel and see you guys exactly where you are. So many of you guys are downloading and I just want to say thank you so much. I I I I I think when we started this I was like I was coming from daily radio show not really knowing how many people listened to the show because because for whatever reason we didn't know. But coming over to the podcast and taking that step of faith with Mike who is our producer it's just been so incredible to see how God has really is starting to really grow this little seed that we planted. And so we thank you for that. Share this. Someone in your world is going to need this today. You guys, I'm just telling you because your girl needed it. Okay. What is going on in my life? Well, we do, we record one week in, in advance. Okay. So we just got off Easter over here and I want to tell you about Easter morning in my world with four children. It is, it is a whole scene. Now I do it to myself. Okay. So let me just tell you, I make it hard on my own self because I am one of those people that I'm like, I've got to cook homemade breakfast on Easter morning. I mean, Jesus rose from the dead. The least that I could do is make some muffins. You know what I mean? I do it to myself. I, I'm really, really big on Easter Sunday dinner. I love to cook. If any of you guys follow ads on social at all, you will see me cooking. I love to cook from scratch. I am one of those bakers. I love to cook. I do it a lot. On Easter Sunday morning, you know, this year, I did, in fact, make muffins, but we all had to get up so early. And typically, I'll make cinnamon rolls but I just didn't have it in me this year, you guys. I'm just going to be honest. So I made muffins the night before. It was great because everybody loves them and it's Easter Sunday and all that kind of stuff. And then I also made lunch after church. And that was kind of the easy part. The hard part was when four of my children, one of them is 17, by the way, <laughs> gets up. And they come downstairs one at a time. Now, my older kids served at our church. I served as well. I was the person on the golf cart, which was the best day of my life. I enjoyed it. Every, I enjoyed every second of being on the golf cart, picking people up from their cars and taking them to the church. I'm telling you, I loved it. I hope that I get to do this for the rest of my life. Anyway, so we're all, so I'm serving, they're serving, Eddie's serving. We have to get 
get up. We have to go early. We've all had the muffins or whatever. So I do Easter baskets on Saturday night before Easter. Okay. You know, in, in where I live, you have to shop early for Easter baskets. I can't go the Saturday before Easter and get chocolate bunnies. You know why? Because all the other crazy people have sto- have taken all the chocolate bunnies and they bought them for their kids, okay? I can't go get jelly beans. You know why? Because they're gone, okay? They're totally gone. And after a couple of Easter's living in this area in Dallas, I realized I have to think ahead. So two weeks ago, I started buying my kids Easter candy, which by the way, I, th- I feel like our stores in this area should stock more Easter because it's all out. Just same with school supplies. You have to shop with school supplies in May because in June, they're all gone. It drives me nuts. Anyway, so I go two weeks in advance. I get the Easter basket stuff. And, you know, depending on how how giving I am that year, we will give them, you know, candy. Obviously, candy will give them I don't know. Sometimes we give them little gift cards. Sometimes we give them little bunnies or, you know, stuffed bunnies, which I stopped buying those because they're everywhere and I'm over the the stuffed bunnies. Anyway, so I put all these Easter baskets together and I realized I forgot to buy grass, the Easter grass, the grass, right? So no one cares about this, but I knew my 17 year old daughter would care. She comes downstairs on Easter Sunday morning and she's so thankful. They're all very thankful. You know, I mean, they come downstairs in about 35 seconds. Haven already has her one pound chocolate bunny almost completely gone. She's like, you know, she's got her head. She's like popping jelly beans and she's, she's eating Hershey kisses all at the same time. I mean, candy is everywhere. Our house that was just beautifully clean is now a disaster. There's wrappers everywhere. Our dogs eating chocolate and like 35 seconds after they get this. But there was no grass in the Easter baskets. And you know what? Your girl forgot to buy grass. And then on the Saturday before Easter, there was no grass because all the crazy people bought all the grass. So there was no grass. I do grass every year. You know, the pink and purple and blue, pretty grass. And Grace was like, thank you so much, mom, for my Easter basket. I love this. It's so great. Thank you. And she put hers aside because she knows if she doesn't, Jude will come in like a vulture and eat all of her candy. And she just asked me one question. What happened to the grass? (laughs) And I looked at her and I said, Grace, there is no grass. But you know what there is? New clothes on your back. There is muffins in your belly. There will be a lunch after church. We're all clean. We're all fed. And you know, I had one of those moments. So I kind of lost it on Easter. And she said, mom, all I asked was where's the grass? (laughs) And I said, I don't know at the factory that makes the grass. That's where it is. Okay. I love you. Happy Easter. Jesus is alive. No, for real. Anyway, that actually did happen. That actually was a conversation in our house. But sometimes your kids notice when there's no grass. And I just thought I would tell that story. Anyway, long story. I'm so glad Jesus is alive. We are about to go in to a prison and it's going to be good. We're going to meet Peter, my boy, right there. I'll see you guys after the break for a word from the word. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit. It makes me have a blessed day, yeah.
Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X-Y-Z-A, yeah. Okay, guys, we are back. I am super excited for what we're going to talk about today. The Lord has really been speaking to me about you and my own self. Like like every time I do this, I know I say this all the time, but every time I share something, the Lord has already really schooled me on this first. And I will just have to say there has been this crazy season that I've gone through in the last few months, I would say maybe even the last year where I have been hesitating. Okay. Like what I would have been like, yes, I'm in, I'm doing it for some reason lately. And I know what the reasons are. However, I'm not going to specifically talk about all of them. I have been hesitating one reason or another. I have always been my entire 42 years of life, incredibly decisive. It's something like, where do you want to go to dinner? Let's go here. What do you want to do? Let's do this. What do you want to do? And I think everyone in my world kind of looks to me for that. But God has been giving me opportunities and I have found, now some, now this is wisdom in some, in some points, but in what I'm talking to you guys about today, my hesitation has not been out of wisdom. It's been out of fear. And I want to talk to you guys today about this prison of hesitation that maybe you guys find yourself in. Now, last year, two years ago or something like that, I did a whole series on prison. I'm actually going to pull from that text and we're going to talk a little bit about this particular type of prison. I believe that when we get caught hesitating or we stop ourselves from moving forward for whatever reason it is, you know you struggle with anger and yet you stay struggling with anger. You know you struggle with an addiction and yet rather than doing something about it, you are hesitating for getting help because you don't know if the healing is going to be worse than the addiction. 
you're struggling with not forgiving someone that's hurt you, you know you need to. You know it's the right thing to do. You know you need to forgive that person. But for whatever reason, if you forgive that person, you think all of a sudden that it cancels all the responsibility of the fact that they hurt you. You know you shouldn't be scared about stupid stuff. And yet you won't memorize, repeat, listen to the word of God in a way that will free up your mind from the prison of fear. And you are hesitating. You're stuck in a pattern that is not healthy and it never has been healthy. And God is patient with us and he's gracious with us. And all of those things are absolutely amazing. But then there's a point when we have to move forward. And that's what I want to call you guys out of today. That's what I want to press you guys for today. How many of you guys are sitting? You're free. You're not free because you've moved forward. You're free because Jesus Christ freed you on the cross. You're free. You're free. He came to set the captives free. You are free. He did the work for you. And yet you're sitting in a mindset, in a sin, in a mentality, in something where even though you're free, you're choosing to sit in the bondage of that. That's who I want to talk about today. I think the last couple of years has really changed. And obviously, I, I mean, I'm mean, sure that we'll do like studies on this until kingdom come. And I really do mean until the kingdom comes. But I think it changed the way we, it changed our faith. And, and I'm just, I'm, can I just, can I just talk candidly with you? I think pre 2020, you know, a lot of us would be like, I do anything for God. And then people are like, no, I don't really know anymore. You never know what's lurking around the corner. You never know what could happen. You never know what might happen. I think it put us in 2020 and even 2021, I think it put us in such a state of trauma mentally that although we don't want it to affect our faith, I believe that it absolutely did. Did it affect our lives? Yes, but it also affected us spiritually as well. We're less likely to risk than we were before 2020. We're less likely to step out and do something crazy. We're less likely to say, yes, God, I'm all in. I'm surrendered. Let's do this. I want to heal. Let's go in. Because I remember preaching tons of churches before 2020 and people are like, oh, yes, I'm in. I'm surrendered. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. But one of the things that these last couple of years have done to us is it has paralyzed us into a state of hesitating. And some of us are hesitating too long. You know God is asking you to do something, and yet you are so paralyzed by what it's like on the other side of that. It's almost as if staying in your hesitation, even though you know it's not healthy, is safer than moving forward and accepting the freedom that God has already given you. I feel Jesus on this today, guys. I dealt with anxiety for so many years. So many years, and still it'll creep up. Like, I'm, pfft, I'm not Jesus over here. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I ain't trying to be Jesus Christ over here. I dealt with it for so many years, so many years, you guys. I just, oh my gosh. It came a point in my life where I had to look at the anxiety and say, I don't want to be a slave to you anymore. I'm not going to bow down to you. You're not going to be my idol. You're not going to be my God. You're not going to rule my life. You're not going to be my boss because you're a terrible boss. You're a terrible God. You never, ever give me back what I sow into you mentally. I had to look it square in the face and I had to say, I'm hesitating because for some reason, anxiety feels safer than what's on the other side of, the, of what I'm anxious about. So I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to sit in my unhealth and I'm just going to stew and ruminate on thoughts that never even happened, by the way. <laughs> because it was easier to do that than change my entire thought process. And then I did the work. I don't want to serve you anymore, anxiety. I serve the Lord. I serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's who I trust. I do not trust you. He's who I bow down to. I do not bow down to you any longer. I am going to believe that the lion of the tribe of Judah has overcome this anxiety as well. It took me work. I had to do the work. There was a lot of different steps that I had to go through, but God brought me out of that hesitation, that place that I was stuck in my life because it was ruining the quality of my life. I look around, I have these four beautiful kids gorgeous kids. I have a husband who adores me. I was doing exactly what I, what I absolutely love to do. My passion in this whole world is to share the word of God. And yet I was hesitating in this one area of my life. And I had to say, bow down anxiety before the lion of the tribe of Judah, because he's overcome you. And I had to begin a new system in my life and retrain the way I thought to get out of that. I hesitated for a long time though, a long time. If that is you, you know you need to move forward. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> We're in this together, guys. We're in this together. I'm going to read you. We just did a bunch on Peter and I just thought it was so fitting to talk about Peter again because, you know, he's just, he's just really good preacher material. I'm telling you, I want to go to Acts 12. Now, Acts 12, a lot of things have happened. It is Acts 12, but so many different things have happened. You know, Peter has been filled with the Holy Spirit. We've gotten all sorts of amazing things that are happening. Word about Jesus resurrecting from the dead is spreading you know, the church, they're adding thousands and thousands of people into the faith. Peter has come a long way from denying Jesus and being intimidated by a little girl. Like he has come a long way. Okay. He is like all in for Jesus, no matter what. Okay. Herod, the same Herod that sent Jesus to Pilate and they actually, Pilate and Herod became friends after the resurrection. He's still alive. He's still around. He still wants nothing to do with anything about Jesus or Christianity. Of course, they didn't call it that back then. They said the one belonging to the way, but he wants nothing to do with it. He's getting wind of everything that Peter is doing and all the followers of Jesus are doing. That's where we pick it up. Acts 12 says this, 
Now about that time, and I'm just going to skip over all of that. Herod, the king, laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw it pleased the Jews, now a lot of them obviously were not, had not believed that Jesus Christ was the son of God yet. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now, it was during the days of an unleavened bread. When he seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him. We're going to come back to this. I'm going to read the whole text. Intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. On that very night, when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell, and struck Peter's side, and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly, and his chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued following him. And he did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along the street and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent me forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people were expecting. Okay. That's our text for today. Now I want to go back to this text and just kind of go through specific little points. So let's pick this up in verse three. When he saw Herod that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. It was during the days of unleavened bread. When he seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. Okay. Verse six, on the very night when Peter was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. Now, I want to talk to you about the security that Peter had in this prison. Peter was not just anybody, okay? He did not just like steal an apple from the apple cart, okay? Peter was about to be used as an example by Herod. So Peter had the maximum amount of security that you could have in prison, okay? This is what this means. He had four squads of soldiers and each one had four soldiers. Four soldiers per squad. So if he had four squads of soldiers, that means he would have 16 soldiers assigned to him in prison. 16. It was the highest amount of security you could give a person. 
He was sleeping, as the text says, between two soldiers, which probably meant he was chained to them, okay? So not only did he have 16 soldiers that were watching his every move, he was also chained to two soldiers, probably, okay? And I'm sitting here thinking about Peter in this prison, completely locked down. And I thought of you. Herod was definitely an enemy he would represent satan the reason that you're hesitating is not without restraint it's not without chains that are valid very valid peter was sitting there highest form of security couldn't move and i just feel like today that's exactly where the enemy has you He's got you sitting in a place that's very uncomfortable. And there are a lot of, there's lots of chains. There's lots of guards. There's lots of people that the enemy wants to keep you from being set free. There's lots of reasons for him to keep adding another link in that chain that would keep you hesitating from walking free. Herod was an enemy to Jesus, therefore he locked Peter down. But the devil is also an enemy to Jesus. And you, my friend, are one of those people that the enemy has locked down. Maybe you've been sitting there for years. Maybe you've been sitting in a bad thought pattern for years. You feel locked, you feel like constrained, you feel like you can't move, you just feel like, oh my goodness. I can't go anywhere. The chains are real. The situation is real, but we're about to see something amazing. So is the savior. If that's you today, you just feel like, I just feel like I can't move. I tried for so long. I just can't move. I feel like I've got, I've got, I'm just oppressed and I've got chains and I've got reasons and I've got justification and you know, all of these things to not move forward. If that's you, this is for you. Take this as your confirmation. I'm reading directly out of the word of God, not because Autumn said it, but because this is the word of God we're talking through. I want to read and and move on. It says, Peter was kept in prison, verse 5. So Peter was kept in the prison. But prayer for him, and I'm going to pray for you guys when I'm done, was being made fervently by the church of God. On that very night when Herod was about to bring him forward and make an example out of him and show all of the Jews, look what I can do with this Jesus-loving guy, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains and guards in the front door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up and said, get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, gird yourself, put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Now, this is where I want to sit for a little bit. 
Here we have Peter. He's he's restrained with good reason. I mean, these are real chains, okay? These are actually real things that are happening. You know, I'm not going to be the girl that's like, wow, they hurt you. We'll get over it. You know, recite John 3.16 and move, move past it. No, we need to understand that some of the chains that you guys have are very valid and they're very real. You've got church hurt. You've got husband hurt. You've got kid hurt. You've got fear of moving forward. You've got fear of, you know, taking that job or moving to a different, some of these things are valid. Can we just validate sometimes how we feel and and, the, and our chains are actually legitimate things rather than saying, oh, just push past them. The chains existed. But in the face of the angel of the Lord, they were powerless. And this is where I think the church gets it wrong way too much. The chains exist. I have been divorced. I have been hurt. I have been uh, betrayed. I've been all of those things. The pain exists. The problems exist. The th- it's not something made up in your mind. It actually happened to you. If you had a husband that left you or someone that mistreated you or an addiction that is just an addiction, maybe you've got yourself into it, but you know what? It's still a chain. They existed. They're real. What you're dealing with is real. But we can't give the chains more weight than we give the Savior. And that is my whole point today. When the angel of the Lord came in and behold, verse 7, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell and he struck Peter's side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. What happened to his chains? Verse 7, and his chains fell off. Now, I'm going to validate your chains because someone needs to say, I am so sorry that you had to go through what you went through. I am so sorry that they did that to you. I am so sorry that that opportunity fell through. I am so sorry that that spouse left and had an affair. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I feel for you. The chains are real. But I know the key. I know the one who holds the key to all of those chains. When the angel of the Lord came in in verse 7, his intent was to free Peter. That's why he came. That's why he showed up. He didn't say, well, Peter... I don't know how you let Herod take you or sitting in those chains. I mean, good luck with that. The Lord knew that the only way that Peter would be delivered from those chains is if Peter let the Lord help him get out of the situation that he was in. The Lord came in. Jesus already died on the cross and resurrected from the dead. The Lord had already done the work. The power of the Lord, of the blood of Jesus Christ in your life has already done the work. He has already done the work. His power is more powerful than any chain that you have. They're real. Yes, they're real, but they're not unlockable with the power of God backing you and your life. The whole reason the angel of the Lord came was to unlock 
every single chain, unlock him from those guards that were holding him. He came to set him physically free from exactly what he was dealing with. And this is what he said to Peter. The chains fell off in verse seven. And he said, he woke him up. First of all, yeah, I've got to wake up. This is is one of the things that is so scary. Sometimes we don't even know we're in chains. (laughs) It's not funny, but yet it is. You walk around in your life and you have absolutely no joy whatsoever. And it's like, wow, she's there in bondage for something. Maybe you won't admit it, but there's a chain there probably. You walk around constantly cynical. The whole world, the whole world hates me. They don't want to hear what I have to say. Negative, negative about the everything in your life. Negative. Well, you know, I wish they would have been five minutes earlier. Where's the grass? <laughs> Let's go back to Grace. Where's the grass, Mom? Where, what happened to the grass? You would never admit that there's a chain, but there's a chain there. I love the one about the church. I was hurt by the church. I'm never going back to the church. They're all the same. There's a chain there. I'm never going to get married again. They just, they mess everything up. There's a chain there. I'm not going to reach out and tell them that I forgive them. What if they laugh at me? What if they tell tell everyone what happened? I'm going to look like an idiot. Chain. I'm not going to go for that position. I'm ill-equipped. I'm not worth anything. I'm not as good as they are. There's a chain there. When the angel of the Lord showed up, he looked at Peter and he woke him up. Hello, Peter. Knock, knock. It's like my alarm. I have the, uh, the, really, the really nice alarm <laughs> that's like... And I love it because I'm like, ah, this is an alarm worth waking up to. It's like a little song. My son has the alarm from hell. It's terrible. I hate it. And he snoozes it six times. It drives me nuts. Hit, you know, every seven minutes. Hit, hit. We had to tell him the other day, if you snooze your alarm more than one time, I'm going to come up and get you. And you don't want mama alarm clock, okay? But what the angel of the Lord did was he got right down exactly where he was. The first thing he did was, according to verse seven, the angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and the light shone in the cell and he struck Peter's side and woke him up. Notice he woke him up before the chains fell off. And he said, get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Some of you guys are wondering, how come I don't feel the spirit? How come I can't whatever? How come I can't be happy? Well, there is a chain there. Find your chain. If you wonder to yourself, how come I'm not closer with so-and-so? How come I have a, uh, you know, a barrier where I just feel scared to let somebody in? Find the chain. Wake up to it. Wake up to it. And some of you guys are sitting there like, oh, I know my chains. I got like 700 chains. I'm like Marley in in the Christmas Carol, you know, with all the chains that he comes down and he's, he's Scrooge. I'm that guy. Some of you guys are like, I already know what my chains are. We don't need to discuss this any further. Wake up to it. 
And those of you that already know that you have chains and there are lots of links in them and there's like a lot. Those of you that know that there's so many chains and they're link upon link upon link upon link upon link. Wake up to the fact, this fact. Do you want to live with those chains forever? He came and he said, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. He was probably the nice alarm clock. I mean, he was the angel of the Lord. So he was probably really nice. I don't, I don't actually know who he, maybe he wasn't mean. I don't, I, maybe he wasn't nice. I don't know. Anyway, he woke him up and he said, get up quickly. I love that he said, get up quickly, because this shows the heart of the father for you. Get up quickly. Get out of those chains quickly. And the next line says, and his chains fell off. Get up quickly. Get out of there. Don't stay in those chains one second longer. If you have the power of God that has overcome those chains in your life, get out of them quickly. The Lord doesn't want you to live hesitating, moving forward. Get out of them quickly, quickly. Get up move it's time to move on it's time to get out of those things because i am here to deliver you in this passage he's talking to peter but i believe that god is saying to you he's here he's ready he's overcome why are you hesitating the only person that could have stopped peter from getting out of that prison was peter now peter didn't do this because he's way smarter than i am peter never said are you sure it's safe angel of the Lord. Are you sure these guys are not going to wake up? He didn't, didn't hesitate, but we do. He saw the urgency and the passion of the angel of the Lord. Say, get up. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Get up quickly. Come on. But what I fear the last few years has done to us is we've got comfortable waiting to move because we're more scared of what's on the other side of the chains than sitting in them. How ridiculous would it have been if Peter was sitting there with no chains and the guards asleep and the angel of the Lord has his hand out. He's, he's reaching out for him to say, come on, get up quickly, get up quickly. And Peter just stares at him and looks at him. How ridiculous would that be? So why do we do it guys? Why do we do it? Why do we do it? There's a ride at Disney World that is called Splash Mountain. <laughs> I love this ride. I think it's so fun. I love it. It's real happy. It's like, a, which I think they close it down because they're changing it over to something else. But it's, it's a really fun ride if you've never been there at Disney World. And we ride it every time that we go. And a year or two ago, Moses does not like the ride. He hates it. He thinks it is the absolute worst thing of all time. But we're always like, no, we need to go on this ride because first of all, it's not that scary. And second of all, you're old enough to do this. So we always like kind of poke him and prod him. Well, we went, I think it was two years ago, we went and took the kids and we're in line and Moses is like paralyzed with fear over this ride. Okay. And we're talking to him like, it's going to be fine. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. We're all going to be there with you. Mommy will ride with you, you know, cause it's like, they always want to ride with me. And so I'm like, no, mommy's going to, mommy will ride with you. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. He's paralyzed. He's paralyzed. It's, it's the ride is going to be fun on the other side of his paralyzing fear is going to be fun. He's going to have fun. We know he's going to have fun because it's a fun ride. 
And Haven loves it. And there was a man that stood in front of us. I, guys, I'm telling you, I really claim that there is a couple of times in my life I have entertained angels, and I believe this is one of them. And he turned around and he looked at Moses, is an older man, like a jolly guy, kind of like a Santa Claus looking guy, like real, real jolly, older. He had a really sweet wife with him, um, like Mrs. Claus. And um, they were from Canada, so they talked, they had that Canadian accent. And he turned around and the one thing that my son loves is fishing. That's it. He loves fishing. He turned around and he said, why are you scared? And my son immediately locked eyes with him and he got his attention. And he said, almost instantly into the conversation, do you know what ice fishing is? I was like, do, 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 do. Because if you know my son, all he wants to do is eat fish, fish, learn about fish, watch shows about fishing, go buy stuff for fishing. He is obsessed with fishing. He said the one line that would calm Moses's heart. Let me tell you what, we stood in line with, I believe an angel for an hour to ride this ride. Do you want to know who led Moses on this ride, sat beside Moses on this ride and watched him go, go all through everything. It was this stranger that we had never met before because he looked at Moses and said, do you like ice fishing? I'm an ice fisherman. He started talking to him about that. He calmed his fear down. He got him on the ride and on the other side of his fear was fun. The angel of the Lord looked at Peter, just like this man looked at Moses and said, come on, Come on, the same opportunity is for you today as well. I fear maybe your life looks a little bit like Moses not wanting to go on the ride. Or if Peter was going to hesitate, I feel like that's where kind of where you are. The chains are off, you've been set free, but you're still sitting in between the guards. You're agreeing more with the enemy than you're agreeing with the angel of the Lord. Because maybe in the last couple of years, you've lost your trust. The angel of the Lord, verse 8, said to him, Gird yourself, put on your sandals. And he did so and said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Now, this is what the angel of the Lord did. As soon as he saw Peter, he said to Peter, he treated Peter like a kid. Get up quickly. Gird yourself. Put your shoes on, wrap yourself in a cloak. It's going to be cold outside. And Peter did exactly what he said. I want to paint this picture for you. Jesus has already overcome. The spirit of God never leaves us or forsakes us. The spirit of God will treat you and guide you exactly the way the angel of the Lord in this text led Peter. Get up quickly. Woke him up like a mom or a dad. Woke him up. Get up quickly. Put on your sandals. Wrap your cloak around yourself. And then follow me. Without someone going with us as we're walking out of this state of hesitation, it's scary. But what the angel of the Lord did for Peter, he, he will also do for you. If you need someone to slowly walk you through the steps of receiving freedom, the Holy Spirit is there. 
I would rather slowly walk through the scary steps to get to freedom than stay hesitating for one more year. Get up, gird yourself, get ready, put your shoe on, tie your shoelaces, go grab your jacket, it's gonna be cold. You ready? Okay, follow me out of here. I believe that's a word for you today. You wanna stay hesitating? Or do you wanna look at our God, the loving Father, who although we're adults, he's still our Father. You wanna hesitate or do you wanna listen as he gently leads us forward to freedom? I wanna follow him. Sometimes in our lives we're bold like a lion and sometimes we're not. And if that's you, there's grace. Verse nine, and he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. It's real. What I'm saying is real. I'm on the other side of some of these chains. I was talking to someone the other day about church hurt. And you guys know my story about that. We we're just processing through just some of the stuff that I went through. I was sharing some of my story with her. And I said, I'm healed from this. It's still scary sometimes, but I'm healed from the church herd that I had. I've served the church for 20 years and still church scares me sometimes. I said, I'm healed. I'm not bitter. I've forgiven. And she said, she said, I know you are. She said, I can sense it in you. It took a long time to get me to a point where I was healed from that. I didn't know if it was attainable. I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know if I could actually put the pieces of my soul back together after being bashed for years and years by, you know, it's not, it's not just when I was kicked out of the church. It's been pastors look at me and say, you can't do what you do. You're not supposed to teach the Bible. You're not supposed to do whatever. You're not supposed to, it's been rejection after rejection after rejection in the church. And I, I didn't know if I could get to a point where I could serve the church without bitterness. And yet I did. Peter thought that the angel of the Lord was a vision, but he was real. Freedom is possible. It's real. You can be free from whatever it is you're hesitating and staying in because you think that is more safer. When they had passed the first, the second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter, and I'll be done with this, came to himself, he said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Peter had all of these guards and chains and all that kind of stuff. He was in the high, high capacity, high security in the prison, the highest that you get surrounded by 16 soldiers and then some easily the angel of the Lord after he put his shoes on, put his little cloak on, led him through the first guard and the second guard. And when they came to the iron gate, it opened easily. Do you know why 
because none of that is more powerful than the freedom of the Lord. None of it. It's a mirage. Yes, you have to do the steps. You have to get up. You have to follow the Lord. You have to sometimes maybe go slow at first and then go faster as you get out of the prison into freedom. But it is possible. And in the vein this year of saying, okay, how do we do that? How do I move from being paralyzed with hesitation, being stuck in this bad cycle of negativity or unforgiveness or anger or in this bad relationship or whatever. The first thing that you have to do practically is wake up, just like the angel said. Then you have to realize, oh, Jesus already paid for these chains that I'm living in. And then you need to listen to the instruction, the specific instruction from the Spirit of God that came to set the captives free. That is why he came. That's the first thing he said in his public ministry. He recited Isaiah. I have come to set the captives free. That is what he proclaimed when he stood up in the synagogue and and spoke for the first time. That is what he wants to do for you. Those are practical steps on how to walk in freedom. It says, last thing, verse 11, he came to himself. After you're free from something, you kind of wake up to the fact that, oh, that really was God. (laughs) God really was trying to deliver me this whole time. There's been so many times when I've uh, looked back on my life and I thought, wow, that was God. He was trying to pull me out of that situation or, oh, I definitely see God's hand. Sometimes he doesn't give you clarity until um, you're able to look back on something. And, And sometimes that's okay because it keeps us extremely tuned in to one step of faith at a time. One step at a time, put your shoes on, gird yourself, put your cloak on, follow me, walk right behind me. I'm going to make doors open. I'm going to walk you right past guards. I'm going to walk you to freedom. It might be a process, but we're going to get there. Okay. When Peter came to himself, he realized that the power of the living God was in fact there and was in fact stronger and mightier to overcome any chain that he would ever find himself in. It's time to move forward. It's time to get out. That mindset of hesitating. I'm with you. I'm preaching to myself, guys. Yes, the chains are real, but they're not stronger than King Jesus. Lord, we love you. I thank you for the story. Thank you for this example. Yes, you were doing it for Peter, literally, but you do it for us emotionally, mentally, spiritually every single day, God. I thank you that no chain is more powerful when it comes head to head with you. I'm thankful for your freedom, Lord. I'm thankful for your power. I just pray for that person, Lord, that's like, Autumn, but I've been dealing with this stuff for 20 years. I know, way too long. The angel of the Lord said, get up quickly. And you've been staying there for 20 years. Lord, I pray that you would speak to that heart even right now. Say, okay, we'll go slower then. Father, I pray practically that this group, this group of people that are listening to my voice right now, this group 
This group walks out of prisons and chains today because they look at their chains and they say, no longer will you have dominion over me. No longer will I bow down to you. I'm going to follow right out of here, right out of this mindset. I am going to follow the power of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm going to follow him all the way to freedom. What would it look like, Lord, if there was thousands of us that said no more? Lord, I pray for holy courage to stir itself up. A holy boldness to say, I'm just not going to be scared of that anymore. I'm just not going to struggle with anxiety every second of every day anymore. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow the steps in your word. What would it look like, God? What would it look like? Revival would break out in our communities, God, in our neighborhoods, God. Do something in us, God, that would leave a legacy. I pray for freedom. I speak freedom in the name of Jesus over everyone who's listening. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys so much. And I love that word. (laughs) I loved it. So good. I will be back right after the break to close this thing out. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Autumn, and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com, or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching Autumn at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're back. I love that word. I just, I was really feeling that word today. I hope you guys were as well. So we have an amazing testimony for this segment of what's God doing in your life. An amazing, amazing testimony, you guys. During Easter service, my 17-year-old son, 17, I have a 17-year-old daughter, made the decision to follow Christ. That's the best one ever. He has been in church his entire life. (laughs) Those teenage boys. But this Easter just happened to be the day. Thank you, Jesus. What a day. Wow. 17 years old and accepted Christ. I love it so much. This is like the best. She, uh, Amanda read this to me this morning. I'm like, this is amazing. We are celebrating with you. We are so happy for you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I pray. 
just that. Lord, we just pray for this 17-year-old boy. I just pray that you would wrap your zeal around him, Lord. I pray that you would protect him and you would speak to him. You would give him direction, give him purpose, give him power in his life. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would just be aware to him as he starts on this new journey. And God, we thank you for answering this, no doubt, many time prayed prayer by this mom. We love you, Jesus. I love that, guys. I love that. I love that. Okay. So we also had a question and I, you know, I love that you guys are super detailed with this, but there is a lot of, I'm, I'm going to say, there's a lot of shame in this particular person's life. Okay. They made some mistakes before they got married. They got married and, and is struggling with some of the mistakes that she made before she got married. And she can't just seem to get out of those mistakes. And I want to just say, there's a lot of detail in this one, and I'm not going to read it all, but I will say this. What we just talked about is so important. This particular person has been dealing with shame, a bad thought pattern stuck in a mental prison. It looks like for years. And I heard this this weekend, and I'm just going to share it with you. Sometimes we have to find out where in our life we are agreeing with the enemy. Shame is not from God. Guilt is not from God. We just talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Where in your life are you agreeing with the enemy? Anything that the Bible doesn't say in regards to shame and guilt is agreeing with the enemy. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. What does the Bible say specifically about things in your life? This woman has a lot of different questions that she asked me. When you're confused and you find yourself dealing with the same thought track over and over, get in the scripture and find out what the truth is. When you know the truth, the Bible says the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, you have to break and stop that agreement that you have made with the enemy. Sometimes uh, the biggest problems that we have are just not saying that's a lie from the enemy and I'm not going to believe that anymore. We've got to, when it comes to our minds, in order to live in freedom in our minds, we've got to realize, oh, I don't feel worth anything. Well, the Bible says that you're priceless. And God says in Genesis 1, he looked at all that he had made and it was very good. So if you feel worthless, that's not from God. Because Genesis 1 fights that thought. You've made an agreement with the enemy. I'm worthless. Well, that's what the enemy thinks. But God does not think that. You're worth his son to him. Sometimes we need to evaluate where have we agreed and we need to disagree with the enemy and agree with God. Okay. That was very good. I hope you guys enjoyed this. We're going to, I think we're going to do a whole series on women in the Bible. And you guys, I'm super excited about that. <laughs>
<laughs> that's coming probably in two weeks because I got to get my head around that. But let me tell you, thank you for listening today. And I want you guys to share this, share it with a friend, text it to a friend who you know is hesitating, can't move forward, is kind of paralyzed in their life right now. Share this thing. Get on wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating, hopefully. <laughs> And we love you so much. And we will see you next week on the Autumn Mile Show. Love you guys. See you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available. From her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Autumn Mile Show.